It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Jim Kawakami. Jim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. I am not in Henderson, Nevada for the big 49ers Raiders joint practices. And missing that, I'm not missing however hot it is. We will find out all these details from someone who was there earlier today. 49ers beat writer for the athletic Matt Barrow. Sparrows, nice and nice and uh, steamy out there. What was what was the temperature? Gauge? Yeah, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. Right now, it's uh, you know we're recording this at mid afternoon, and it's ninety two, which mm. uh, for for Henderson in August, I think is a a cool day. I actually had to turn on the old uh, windshield wipers <laughs> on my way into practice. So um, there's some cloud cover. It was uh, it was very pleasant. Um, 10 days ago, when I started to look at what it was going to be like, it was, you know, uh, they were forecasting highs of 107, 108. And I thought, oh, boy, it's going to be rough. But this was uh, this didn't even break into triple digits, Jeez. not even close. So, Some of the uh, Santa Clara days were about that hot, right? I mean, yeah, a couple, little, uh, a couple a of practices ago in Santa Clara, it was that hot and it felt hotter, too. This was that dry heat. And like I said, there was there was a breeze all day today as well. So uh, um, no complaints about the heat. Okay, so we got that covered. Give, give I do us have a, a complaint, though. Go a little far, a little far from it, the this field. Is, this is going to shock you, but the access <laughs> to uh, the Raiders' practices was horrendous and sort of um, uh, almost uh, comical in the way that every two seconds there was a Raiders staffer telling you that you couldn't stand here, you couldn't mm. sit there. Uh, it was bad. So they, they've got three fields. And um, let's call it um, field A, B, and C. And the media is allowed to stand on the side of C. And, of course, the practices are occurring on A and B with 90 large men standing (laughs) along the sidelines on both fields so Uh, that uh. there's no way you can see. Luckily, I brought the old Nikons. I, I thought ahead. Hey, somebody advised you on that, Barrow. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic call. Um, I was one of the few with binoculars. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, David and I are, are charting these uh, these quarterback reps, and it would have been impossible to do today. Without... So, with the offense, Fortnite's offense on the farthest field, or on no? The that was Jimmy Garoppolo, field. and yep. the uh, and the Raiders were on the farthest field initially, um, and the 49ers were on the middle field. So. We were able to kind of get uh, peaks uh, into that, but you had to you had to kind of go to the very end and and you know get a corner shot uh, of it because, like I said, there the Raiders players were standing between us and uh, and the field. I will say this is one of the main reasons I did not go. As I I just I've heard horror stories about that place. I heard when the Patriots went last year, it was really hard to see. 
And it's like, what the hell? We got two people there, two fine writers, and Matt Barrows and David Lombardi. I do not need to be there, even though we know these are important practices. Uh, to hell with them. They're going to pull that kind of stuff. But, the, uh, but there's space. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's a cramped spot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's out in the desert. They had space to build it. It's brand new. Um, you know, uh, the, the 49ers situation is far more cramped. And I will give the 49ers credit. They allow you to kind of walk around the almost the entire perimeter. So by the friggin' defensive line drills, right? We're gonna yeah, right, yeah. kind of kind of squeezing past there a little bit. David takes takes part in the defensive yeah. line drills sometimes. <laughs> he, he's that close with his filming. <laughs> See that. They pull him in. Uh, which is one of the reasons why they don't have joint practice there, right? They don't they don't feel they have the space for it. So you know the bigger right. the bigger sites are a little better. Uh, okay, before we get into the football, which we of course we will get in, the, th- the three questions I got. Was there a Jimmy Garoppolo commiseration with his former teammates on the Fortnite? Any of that kind of friendly banter before or after? Sure. I, I think there was. Uh, Fred Warner, for example, went up to him and they shot the breeze. Um, I don't think there was a lot of that. Um, it was all very kind of goodwill in both directions. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing that uh, Garoppolo said was that uh, and, and I had talked to him sort of on the record at his locker. It was, um, I mean, off the record at his locker last year. So I never went with it, but uh, he was pushing himself hard mm-hmm. uh, to come back from that foot slash toe injury so that he could be ready for um, an NFC championship game scenario where where they, they would need him. And uh, he pushed so hard that he overdid it. And um, according to Garoppolo, had to sort of ease off at one point, which is why he was not available for that game. Uh, so he sort of acknowledged that today. Um, he did emphasize that that was that was him. He was the one who was pushing himself hard to be back to the playoffs. It wasn't like the 49ers were uh, being um, too risky with his recovery. But uh, I mean, it ended up being a, a big deal. Yep. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, uh, available to play in that game, um, there's a uh, much greater likelihood that the outcome is different. Uh, then we have the Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan. Was there any uh, courtesies exchanged between those two? No. Did they get, did they get even near each other? Um, not really. I mean, uh, because uh, of the fact that they're on different fields the whole time, uh, there certainly wasn't any post-practice um handshakes or conversations and i don't think there was any pre-practice either unlike kyle and kirk cousins last year we could point out who oh. made a point of the, of the bantering before well and there could be tomorrow who knows no. uh it was it was pretty businesslike um you know one of the differences in these practices are that l- last year in minnesota they had you know tons of space tons of fields and they had simultaneous practices going on so uh, you know, the Cousins was uh, operating the, the first team offense on one field and, and Trey Lance was operating the first team offense on a different field. Today, uh, at least when they got into sort of the two minute stuff at the end, they were all using one field. So mm. it was like a game situation. Did they switch on and off? Yeah, they, they switch on and off between, you know, first offense, second, defense, yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, wow, interesting. So there was a lot of downtime. I mean, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey might get uh a series with the 49ers ones then he has to wait for the raiders ones to be done with their drive the 49ers twos raiders twos etc etc until they're back to the top of the order so it wasn't the sort of efficient 
practice that uh, that they had last year in Minnesota. I asked Fred Warner about that, thinking that you know they they, they would find that to be a problem. Um, he said he actually liked it. He liked being able to watch his own offenses and and whatnot uh, uh, take part in the practice, which is what he, he doesn't usually have that luxury to do. I don't know if it affected the snap count. I do know that Brandon Allen didn't take any snaps yep, today. That. that usually happens in um, you know truncated practices. If there's not enough reps to go around, Brandon Allen's the guy that gets short shrift. I didn't see Kyle talking today. I know I'm, I know he did. Probably a lot of that was injury related. We'll talk about the injuries later. They're certainly stacking up a couple new ones that that were talked about today. But um, I'm sure you saw the Mike Silver sit down with with Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday in the Chronicle last night this morning. Uh, certainly indicated some amount of you know discrepancies or distance between Garoppolo and the Four Niners. Maybe specifically Kyle. Did Kyle talk about that today? Was he asked about it? And where do you think that relationship is right now? Uh, he was asked about it, and um, his response was, you know, th- this was the brusque, uh, yes. you know, I-, I don't see any scenario where, where Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. And, um, you know, uh, Shanahan uh, reminded everybody that that was sort of in, in the question um, at-, at the time. Do you see any scenario where, where Jimmy Garoppolo is back? No, I don't see any scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is back. So, um, you know, Kyle was saying that he was merely – answering the question as honestly as possible and then there was no kind of rancor or um you know bad blood in his response um i mean it, it, it i think the relationship um is you know not not a relationship anymore and, and that that you know started to move on mike silver noted this um or rather garoppolo did to mike that you know the the handwriting's on the wall back in 2021 when yep. this team uses three first round picks to bring in Trey Lance and and I thought that was the most interesting part of that story is that that was the awkward season for Jimmy Garoppolo um, having to be the guy while knowing that his replacement is is right behind him and that he's uh, essentially training the guy who's going to boot him off the field last year was so odd with the the shoulder injury coming back from that that um um it wasn't quite as uh wasn't quite as awkward for him last year was just weird yeah it just was the warming up you know the throwing sessions by himself on the side field during training camp then he signs then he's in then he wins and then he's out uh Brock Purdy jump it was just yeah I just think it was kind of an add-on to already a weird relationship and we can probably talk about this more and I, I might write about this more but um that was not a good relationship at the end and it was the brusque answer which you know Kyle can explain then appropriately so but also was very brusque it was not really fitting to someone who was leaving the organization who had done what he'd done and Jimmy peeling out of the out of the the uh the, the parking parking lot when he was uh on um, you know, instead of meeting with the media when he normally would yeah, be I mean the there were there were a couple season. guys there on locker room cleanout day that just would not leave the locker room. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, mm-hmm. Aziz Al Shahir. I mean, these guys knew that they were not going to be around the 49ers anymore. They were free agents, and they they the, they knew that they were going to get a, a big deal elsewhere. And those were the, some of the last guys in there, and they they loved being. Uh, around the 49ers, they were saying their goodbyes. Um, they were just getting sort of the the last uh, bits of of being a 49er. Garoppolo, it's like 
peeling wheels and smoke and he is he's gone. Um, and I realized he probably didn't want to do the whole media thing one last time. But um, I, I, th- I thought that that imagery was kind of telling of where things were with him and the organization towards the end. All right. A couple of injuries were discussed today. Um, and we, uh, one of them sounds pretty serious, right? Raymond McLeod broken wrist from an, from Tuesday's practice. I was at that practice. I don't remember that play. But uh, what what what's the kind of significance of that? Where do they go, you know, for what is he, the fourth receiver? And also, obviously, pretty good kick returner. Yeah, I mean, he did great with the, with the punts last year and, and nearly um, broke a few of them. Um get where he ended up in, in terms of average, but it, it was top three in the NFL. Uh, so he's probably was underappreciated last year uh, and and likely will not be around for maybe, you know, the first month of the season. Maybe he goes on IR initially and then would have to miss a few games because of that. So um, it's basically a competition. Um, Ronnie Bell, seventh round pick, um, had a really nice practice today. He and uh, Trey Lance, uh, linked up a few times in, in Lance's two-minute drill. Um, he returns punts. Uh, Deshaun Jameson, another um, rookie. Hot name, he, hot name in camp. Yeah, he's been a hot name. He keeps coming up. He was back there returning punts today. Uh, and then Willie Sneed, who's sort of their Mr. Reliable guy, a guy that they would have turned to uh, a few times during the season if they, if they had had more injuries at wide receiver. They were fairly healthy there. Um, but he also returns punts and, and he's a possibility as well. So yeah, big deal. I mean, I saw, I saw it happen. It was on that, um, that interception that, uh, Darnold threw, he was going for, uh, McLeod deep down the field. It was him. And I forget who the cornerback was. Uh, Jair Brown was in the mix. Brown came down with the interception and all three of them sort of came down in a heap and uh, McLeod was down for a while, and I thought, okay, this guy looks like he's he's hurt, but he came back into the practice. So I, I think it's something that um, really wasn't um, determined until um, uh, far after that that Tuesday practice, and and maybe um, uh, after they got uh, they got here. I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, broken left wrist and is going to be out at least eight weeks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. And also and now George Kittle, a doctor, which is that's is that the hip one or is that the abdomen one? I, I get those confused. I, I think it's the abdomen one, um, but, but uh, I get those confused. And you know who else gets those confused? Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> if so he says adductor, you can yeah, almost uh, bet that it's an adductor. So Elijah Mitchell yeah. is, is the abdomen one or the, or the hip one? 
I, they both have the same one. Yeah. They both have the likely, adductor. Ab, likely the abdomen then, right? Likely not the hip. I, I think, think it's the abdomen. So both of those guys, it's like a, you know, seven to 10 day injury. Probably not a big deal, but, um, you know, that was one of uh, the themes that George Kittle kept harping on is that, you know, this off season, I'm healthy. Uh, unlike many of my previous ones, I'm going to go into the year on a roll and, and he probably still will be able to do that, but this is uh, a bit of a setback. Well, I would just say uh, no George Kittle in the preseason. <laughs> I think that no. I don't know that he was going to play anyway, but if you're looking for George Kittle or Nick Bosa to be playing in the preseason, you will not be saying them. Uh, I might put uh, Christian McCaffrey on ice yes, as well. I can, and Elijah maybe Mitchell. Brock Purdy. Who knows? I don't think, well, maybe a series, right? Maybe a series, second, second. Well, second well let's talk about, I don't want to skip over this because you were there for the practice. Highlights for the practice, what what was the energy like? Uh, you said it was like, you know, respect, there were no fights. Uh, was there good competition? You know, kind of what were the best matches? I know you like those one-on-one uh, blocking drills. Yeah, I mean, that that to me is what the 49ers are losing out um, by not having Nick Bosa in practice is that they're, tackles namely Colton McKibbitts isn't getting you know the the best work that he can get um and and he's trying to sharpen himself for the for uh TJ Watt in in week mm-hmm. one so uh he had some TJ Watt like uh, opponents today he got Max Crosby and he got Chandler Jones and uh both of those guys were a handful um Chandler Jones in particular I thought he was uh, really kind of picking on the, on the 49ers he's a a longtime scourge of this team being a, being an ex-cardinal um but um yeah that was uh that was one of the things that that jumped out is that those ends probably better than the ends that the 49ers have been uh fielding these last few weeks um were were sort of wreaking havoc in in the backfield so um, that was one. And the other thing that, that jumped out to me, and I'm going to write about this, is um, Trey Lance put together a really nice drive at the end. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo had a touchdown drive on his two-minute drill. Uh, Brock Purdy tried to answer that and got close, but his uh, his pass in the end zone was was batted away. Um, but the best-looking drive was uh, turned in by uh, Trey Lance. And, and this is a, a theme with Lance. He's a slow-starting fast finishing practice quarterback and uh today was was no different uh got off to a horrible start with some maybe not his fault some some uh bad uh, exchanges with the center couldn't ever really get into a rhythm but finally got going in that two minute row and it gave him more reps and so you know these guys uh aren't getting a lot of reps him and uh, sam darnold but uh sometimes you make your own reps if you can put together a long drive. And, and that's what happened today. He ended up with a lot more reps than Sam Darnold because his last drive was, uh, was better than, than Darnold's. Did Shanahan talk about who's going to start on Sunday? I mean, I'll, he's not talking again until Sunday. So did he say, or did he say it still it, it depends? He wasn't asked, um, you know, uh, he was asked earlier in the week and he's, he said he hadn't uh, kind of figured that out, but I imagine he would have by now because it affects Who's getting the reps, I think, in these practices? Uh, so uh, we'll have to tally it up tomorrow. But certainly today was uh, much more Trey Lance than Sam Darnold. And there was no, as I said, no Brandon Allen. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Lance. You might be, you know, just for seniority on the team. Uh, you know, it's a tiny thing. This might even be the PR staff, not Shannon, but it was Lance listed first. 
in the uh, in the or uh, line on the QB two. Uh, I think that's because of seniority. It just makes sense to me. Throw them out there with as many top line guys as you're going to play. Might not be many. Just just have them do it, and then you battle it from there. W- would you agree with that? kind of idea that Trey Lance is likely to start Sunday. And if it was up to you, knowing the way Shanahan does things, knowing the way the 49ers do things. Yeah, for sure. And that's the way it's been even in the spring. The first guy up, now the reps ended up being equal, but the first guy up is usually Trey Lance. And and that's what you would expect. He's he's the more incumbent guy than than Sam Darnold. Darnold's the newcomer. Now, I, I don't think that either guy has distinguished himself in these practices, I would actually put, I know a lot of people say, oh, it's Sam Darnold, who's the number two. I think that Lance has looked better than Darnold, certainly the last uh, week or so. And um, that was the case because of that drive. That may be what decides it. Which of these guys can kind of string together game-like drives and go down the field? And that has not been a Trey Lance strong point in previous camps. So if he keeps being able to do that, I think that's obviously a uh, a big plus in his favor i think i think the team would like that you know the players i'm saying like he's gone through stuff and clearly has had you know injuries and down moments of the 49ers and a sense that you know not a sense of the reality has been replaced as the quarterback of the future and to fight hang on and lose a tie for the qb2 I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they're going to revolt if it's not him, but I think it would do well in the locker room if Trey wins out a close, tough battle for QB2. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's well-liked in that room. I mean, um, I know that uh, he hasn't uh, become what the 49ers uh, have envisioned for him, but, um, you know, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, these guys are all very, very fond of Trey Lance. Okay, just concluding today, uh, maybe, you know, going a little more towards recent uh, than than early. Who is your guy in camp that's like really stood out to you? Who would be your winner of the camp so far? Um, I would say it's Christian McCaffrey. And and early on, I would have said Brandon Ayuk. But, um, you know, and Ayuk's, if he, he's not one, then he's one B. But McCaffrey really has um, shown up and. Um, I keep thinking about these 1,000 slash 1,000 seasons and how rare they are in the NFL. And um, it's always the the receiving end of it that, uh, you know, these guys fall short. short. And I think McCaffrey had 700-something receiving yards last year, which is a lot for a running back, but it's still well short of that 1,000 mark. Um, but th- they go to him so often. And uh, Brock Purdy is so good at throwing those uh, short passes in rhythm. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a 17th game this year, I, I think that's a, I don't want to say real possibility, but it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, that occurs. I think you would need to have some real um, notable chunk plays yeah. and, and they have attempted those. I mean, he's going up, up against Fred Warner most of the time in practice. And they've completed a couple of those down the seam throws to Christian McCaffrey that would have been good for you know 55, 65, 70 yard touchdowns. So uh, you know two or three of those a year that that um, that, that 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 starts to make up that gap. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a a possibility that he becomes the I guess the first second time 1,000 1,000 guy in the NFL. 
he's he's certainly gotten a lot of balls in practice, including today. Uh, and you can couch it however you want to. I don't want to have you slam anybody, but let's just say who's maybe the most disappointing or who's the one that maybe has slid a little bit and maybe in terms of depth chart or in terms of just maybe his position on the team. I was asked by Jimmy Durkin to rank the positions back in the Is state. Jimmy Durkin the one who's most disappointing? <laughs> first, one that came to mind. Yeah, first one that came to mind. Yeah, first one that came to mind. And I had... Um, you know, it was hard to do because this team is so loaded, you know, um, and and one of the last positions was offensive tackle. And uh, they, they've got one of the, the the best to ever play the game in Trent Williams. Um, and they've got Colt McKibbitts. And I think McKibbitts has actually done really well in pass protection. But after him, it's a big question mark. Uh, Jalen Moore just returned to practice after um, suffering a knee or, uh, injury early on. Um, so, uh, he, he's hard to judge at this point. Um, the 49ers have come out and said that, that they, they thought that Matt Pryor, one of their, um, free agent signings, uh, came in, uh, heavier than they expected him to. He has not looked great. Um, they've got sort of a, a pet project in, uh, a guy named Leroy, uh, Watson, who's converting from tight end to tackle. Um, and he looks good, and then he looks bad, exactly what you would expect from somebody who's kind of going through that process. So my point being, um, I think that that position, that and cornerback, you know, one injury um, to tackle, and I, I think the 49ers are in trouble. Yeah, I, I was yeah, certainly agree with you on that, and you know, we'll see how if McKivitz holds up. I think he's going to be okay, but T.J. Watt first week is going to be very interesting. I, and maybe it's unfair because of how good the 49ers defensive tackles are, but that interior offensive line, if you if, if I'm looking at the team drills and I see it blow up and I try to figure out exactly what happened, it's usually 98 Hargrave, 91 Armstead, or 99 Kinlaw. And Kinlaw's mostly going against second teamers, but man, they seem to be in the backfield like instantaneously. Hard to judge it strictly or blame it strictly on, off, on the interior line, but it just looks like physical fast guys are going to be tough. I mean, they're tough on everybody. Do you have like some amount of confidence in, you know, we know that there's Brendel at center banks just back in Burford. Like these are young guys or, you know, when Brendel's a journeyman, they going to hold up. Yeah. I mean, I thought that Burford has looked good. Um, I I'd actually give him one of the, the better grades along the line. Banks uh, just came back today from a concussion. He looked rusty. Um, he looked like Aaron Banks of, uh, of, of 2021 a little bit. Uh, but, but, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk that up to just uh, having come back from practice and having a little rust on him because he had been practicing pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, everybody just kind of assumes that that trio Banks, Burford and Brendel, you know, going into their second year as starters are, are going to make a leap forward. That doesn't always happen. Um, you know, guys can take a step back. Uh, I don't think Burford is going to do that. I, I, I really like him. Um, he's just uh, something that they've never had at, at right guard just because he's he's an athlete. Yep. He's long, right? For a guard, he looks long. Yeah, he's yeah. almost tackle length. And, um, you know, that's you know, I, I think that's great. Uh, they've sort of scrimped at that position over the years. Um, they've got a legitimate guy to mold there now in Spencer Burford. 
Uh, okay, my third question, quick one, was uh, Greg Papa, Raiders. Uh, I guess he was kept off the side, even farther away than you guys. Did, were you oh, aware of no. that? No, because I was standing next to Greg Papa, and we actually talked okay. about this. I, I noted to him, well, I see Tim Ryan down, you know, because some people get, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, get to go wherever they want. And uh, T-Rock is 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 walking around uh, wherever he wants to. And I said, well, why is your colleague down there? Um, and, um, and you're not, he said that he was singled out mm-hmm. and uh, I can only assume it was because of his, uh, previous employer. Um, yes, possible, uh, <laughs> possible. The, the Raiders. So, but, but I he know. wasn't, a, he wasn't like pushed even farther away. He was just, no, 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 okay. no, That's, that's, we fine. were, we were all basically, you know, maybe a half mile away from the practices. I mean, <laughs> it's like. It's like you watching like a uh, a war movie and they're looking through a scope and you see sort of the haze of the desert and everything is sort of Dunkirk. You're watching Dunkirk. Exactly, exactly. You say, oh, is that Jimmy Garoppolo way out there? Is like so when they're rotating on the same field, is that the farthest field they're playing on, or is it the second? No, okay. luckily that was the middle field. Yeah, yeah. But okay. again, there are you know it's the Raiders backup. D line and O line standing between you and the action. So, and you're you not to, elevated. You're you on have the, to yeah. find the angles with which to see it. And so, uh, yeah, the, the binoculars were a must today. If you didn't have binoculars, you might as well not have come. Barros was ahead of the field on this. Maybe some people will have to go get their own binoculars. But and you're very proud of those Nikon's. I know that you mock mine. I spent a little bit of. Uh, uh, money on those things and uh yeah they, they they were worth every penny today i'll tell you that every week at when we're at uh you know the field in santa clara i get made fun of by matt barrows because my little rinky dink well, you got yours like out of a, you got yours like out of a, a happy meal box <laughs> cracker, cracker like chat. I mean, they're really low budget <laughs> They do find my meat there. Maybe not at Raider camp. I probably wouldn't need those spectacular ones. But yeah. all right, we'll end this with a version of the question I've asked you before. I ask all my guests. Uh, I'm not going to ask you the last Mohegan's questions. I almost think in my head is the last Mohegan question because that's an answer you give me honestly and fairly every single time on your favorite movie. This time, Matt Barrows, what's your favorite book? Well, it's not Last of the Mohicans. Actually, I, oh. I think that Last of the Mohicans is, is one of the rare examples where the movie is better than the book uh in this one i read a book called uh five decembers and um to me it's a great example of horrible cover great book like if you if you saw the cover you would think that it's some sort of bodice ripper uh type of thing and and you'd skip it um but it's about it's a detective novel that takes place in hawaii uh, on the eve of World War II. So you can imagine that there's a lot of uh, stuff going on. And this detective has to solve um, a double murder while World War II is happening all around him. And it was terrific. Uh, James Kestrel is the is the author. It won, I forget, is it the Poe Award? I forget what the uh, award is for best mystery novel of the year. Uh, but it, it was yeah. uh, it was terrific and it would make a, a great movie. Actually, it would make a great um, miniseries where you kind of split it up maybe into, you know, eight episodes or something like that. So it's expansive. It's good. It takes you to places that you you've never been before. Uh, I highly recommend it. Barrows, nicely done. I think I will. I will go ahead and get that. I am uh, impressed, as always. By your recommendations, when and it's not non-Last Mohicans related, it's all good. But your uh, 
your your taste is very high. So I am very glad to hear this. Uh, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for being on. Good reporting, and from and glad you brought that Nike on. Really glad you brought that thing. <laughs> Give us the, the 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 up close details that no one else can. I'll uh, I'll include a link to the Nikon brand or the model <laughs> that I use in the. Uh, so Branch didn't Branch didn't bring them. I told him to bring binoculars too. Our competition. Oh no, Branch was you know kind of pathetic. Um, I had binocs. Cam had binocs. Uh, that might, oh, might have been, been you know what it might have been cam actually maybe my, i should check that maybe i did recommend to him i heard i've heard these stories well you know who got my old pair of binocs when i upgraded to the nikons do not R- branch no. branch had worse <laughs> ones than you and I, I felt sorry for him so maybe if you play your cards right tim when i upgrade again you can get the nikons for me. those things are bigger than you they're huge <laughs> i can't believe you packed those in. that's, that's why true. i like mine mine are i that's barely even know i have them i pull yeah, them right out and they're great they're great All right, everybody, thank you so much. That's the show for today. 